Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, J.C. John, John Coleman. Coleman. Dio, what's poppin'? What's poppin', J.C.? Oh, I got some fresh gear on today. Dude, I'm digging the swag. I know. I wish there was a website where I could go online and either purchase swag. What? Or I wish there was a way that I could hit you up and say, hey, my man, just John. Can I get some T-Lop swag? Well, yeah, just hit us up. Uh, send us an email at theloanofficerpodcast at gmail.com. And Look we'll, at and, and we'll see what we can do. There's no guarantees. Hey, here are some other places that people can find us. Okay. They can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at the, the Loan, Loan Officer, Officer Podcast. Podcast. Yes. I am Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. If you want to connect and we're not already connected, let's connect on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. If you want to message me, it's a great way to get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Message me on LinkedIn. Yep. If you want to get a hold of John besides... The Gmail account he just yeah. threw out. You can also Google him, just John Coleman. He is all over the interweb and you can find him. If you are tuned in via audio and audio only and you want to see some of the TLOP swag that John Coleman is wearing, you can do so by checking out our YouTube channel, The Loan Officer Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. Yeah. On YouTube is a great place for you to leave comments. Yep to give a thumbs up because yeah. you like what we're doing yes, sir. and it can turn into a bit of a forum. Yep. If you're not into watching us and you could care less about the swag that JC is rocking and you only want to listen to us because yeah. maybe you're in the car, you're on your way to the gym or you're sitting at the beach, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google play, or anywhere that you can find podcasts. We can be found the loan officer podcast with Dustin Owen is the formal name of the show. Please subscribe, give us a five-star review, and share with your friends. Thank you. Whew. Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode. <laughs> we are so glad you guys tuned in. Yeah, the video camera is going to cut out in three, two, one. There it goes. What if we did? That would be funny. What? What if the video camera? Cut no, out? no, no. That guy stop. who that guy who's always bashing us on YouTube. No, I'm not. I'm would just it. come out? Would he come out from underneath the bridge Sorry. and be like, "Ah, your video cuts out. I wish you weren't so cheap." Like, bro, right. this is a passion project. Right. This is a hobby. Right. For yes. Now. Right now. <laughs> for now. For now. <laughs> right now, if I went or JC went and dropped two grand on a camcorder, mm. that would be a We a have bu- significant others who yeah. may have an opinion on where our money is spent. <laughs> right? Yes. Like your wife? Your wife's going to be like, John, how come you didn't take me to that whoa, really cool Indian whoa, restaurant that I love whoa. to go to? Shout out Tamarin down the street. It's really good. No, we have separate bank accounts. Dustin, we talked about that. It avoids many headaches. Good for you. Smart man. See, I moved in with my girlfriend at 22. We were married at 24. And you haven't looked back since. And it's been a wonderful ride it's thus been an far. amazing That's 19 years right. going on 20. We're thinking about spending our 20-year anniversary. Originally, it was going to be Italy. Okay. We're going to Italy. We're going to Italy. Maybe. Here's what you realize. When you have two teenagers at home mm. and a couple businesses that you help run, mm. and my wife does a ton of volunteering. Can't really go out of the country. And we have other family allegations. Mm. Leaving the country for 10 days doesn't really work. Mm-mm. So we're not even going to go. We're going to look at Maine. Okay, Maine's really nice. Yeah, Vermont, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. We've never been up to that part of the country. There's no need to. We're trying to hit all 50 states by the time we're 50. There you go. So I think that's what we're going to do. Nice. Yeah, and if I could somehow fill it by way of Philadelphia, because I have to go to a Phillies game to get that stadium knocked off. There you go. Or I also need to get to Cleveland to get that stadium knocked off. I know they're not really in the area. There's really no need to go to Yeah, Cleveland. You know what I do? I need to go do a branch visit. My boy, Jesse DiGiacomo. Shout out, Jesse DiGiacomo. Shout out to Jesse. Jesse, no, no lie, I think last year closed 
500 units, 600 -uh. units. No, he didn't. It was ridiculous. It was the most units in the company ever. Like, no one's ever done this many units. Damn. Yeah. Okay. And he's right outside of Cleveland. Okay. In Warren, Ohio. Mm, Sounds out there. Yeah, but I think Jesse needs to invite you and I. Okay. Up to Warren, Ohio. Shout out to Jesse if you're listening. Shout out, Jesse. So that we can bring our talents. You know, yeah, LeBron yeah, brought his talents, talents down, down here. South Beach. We'll go we're back gonna, up. We're going to bring our talents back up to Ohio. Nice. Which, it's debatable whether or not Ohio is even a state. Mm. I'm learning. I've been on the interweb a little bit. They're talking about, is Ohio really a state or is it not a state? Really? I'm leaning towards it's not a state, but maybe we have to go up there to check it out. And while we're there. We should drop some episodes. We should drop some episodes. Maybe we can get Jesse to do an interview with us. He'd be an amazing interview. And wouldn't our TLOP listeners love to hear from someone who closed 500 500 units last year? They might be so intrigued to hear how he did it. Yes, and he's a good dude. And we can go to an Indians game. It literally sounds like you changed their name. They're not Indians anymore. Remember, It's um, the Guardians. The Cleveland Guardians. Okay. (laughs) All right, I can buy into that. Yeah. Yeah. Does Albert Bell still play for them? Uh, no, it's Kenny Justice. David Justice? David Justice. Damn. I don't know if David Justice ever played for the... Uh, Albert Bell. No, it was the Braves. It was Joey, don't call me Albert Bell. Who was the other one that I liked? Albert Bell, David Justice. Dave Justice went from the Braves to the Yankees, Yankees to the Athletics. Justice was a part of the Athletics team that broke the record for most consecutive wins. Mm. And then they made a book and then a movie mm. called Moneyball. Oh. Moneyball stars your man Brad Pitt. You're, that's your boy. Yeah, Brad Pitt's the man. Yeah, right. Brad Pitt in Fight Club was probably my favorite Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. You probably like Brad Pitt in. Um, nope, the alien one where he's flown in space by himself. I didn't know it was Brad. That's Matt Matt Damon. No, that, no, that that's was Matt. No, that was the Martian. There was another. No, that was George Clooney. They all look the same and act the same. Oh my goodness, that's semi-racist, John. I'm not even gonna go uh, there with good-looking Hollywood actors. That's what I meant. That's where your mind went, Dustin. <laughs> They all look the same. Good-looking Hollywood actors. That's where your mind is. In the gutter. <laughs> all right. What, what are we going to talk about today, today John? Nice, Just John? I know. Nice pivot point because yeah. this feeds right into it. Non-occupying co-borrowers. Non-occupying Occupying. co-borrowers. Perfect. This Perfect is segment. literally – okay, this is for parents okay. who have adult children who you want to get out of the flipping house, out of the basement, out of your Florida room, okay. and you want them to buy a home. Parents who – Maybe have college-aged children. Maybe they're like my kid. He wants to go to UC Irvine. Maybe I don't want to pay for a dorm. Maybe I want to try to buy a house. Mm. Maybe he wants to buy a house when he gets out there. Mm -hmm. But his W-2 from Chick-fil-A isn't going to be enough Mm -mm. for him to qualify for a home in Manhattan (laughs) Beach, California. Probably not. So maybe he's going to need somebody to... The term that many people in the credit card and auto industry use is cosign. Cosign. We don't really have cosigners in the mortgage business. We have non-occupying co-borrowers. Okay. So that's what we're talking about. Realtors. So this applies to you. You sell real estate for a living. You should know the power of a non-occupying co-borrower and why you would introduce them to the transaction. Mm-hmm. And then obviously for our mortgage professionals, it's going to speak to you mm-hmm. because as you originate loans, you have to understand when, how, why you would ever use a non-occupying co-borrower. Mm-hmm. And then word to the wise, when you're speaking to the consumer, right, to that home buyer, use terminology that they understand. Say right. a pet peeve of mine, mm. right? Like we have mortgage processors who like to like copy and paste the conditions from the underwriter and mm. email them to the mm. consumer. Mm-hmm. And it says things like, 
you know, need LOX regarding BK. Whoa. She need she yeah. some cheese from Burger King? Correct. Yeah. Letter of explanation regarding the bankruptcy. Like, come on, guys and girls. <laughs> let's speak the language of the people that we serve. Right. Let's not speak our jargon. Right. Same thing goes for my doctor friends, for my law enforcement friends. Like, please, I did listen to enough 80s and 90s rap. I do know what a 187 is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know all the other codes. Three, four, four. I don't know what that is either. I just thought you'd. One, four, three. If you're on a pager, it means oh, you love me. there you go. Remember that back in pager, your beeper days? Shout out pagers. Yes. But so so I interchangeably will use the term co-signer mm-hmm. with non-occupying co-borrower. Mm. But technically, they're two separate things. Okay. Technically, if you're talking industry and you're geeking out with another mortgage professional, say non-occ. Non-occ. Non-occupying co-borrower. Gotcha. Hey, do you have a non-occ on here? Mm. If you're talking to the consumer, call it a cosigner. That's what they know. That's what they're not they don't know non-oc. Right. They don't know non-occupying co-borrower. If they're really smart, they can use context clues. What does that mean? Non-occupying co-borrower. Okay, someone who's going to help me qualify, but they're not going to occupy the property. Okay. All right. So we're going to rock and roll on this on this subject matter. Let's go. The biggest misconception when it comes to non-occupying co-borrowers is that you introduce them for credit score. Hey man, I got a great job. I got money in the bank, but my credit sucks. But don't worry, my dad will co-sign for me. Hmm. Hey man, that's not going to work. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey man, that's not going to work. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It may work like that if you're trying to get a credit card or a car loan. Not a home loan. It does not work that way in a home loan. Because when you're getting a home loan, we're going to go off of the lower of the two credit scores. So if your credit score, you have one, is a 580. Oh, you're still going to get, oh, you're still a 580. You're still a 580. What? You're still a 580. The only time, and I'm, I'm just hitting this like right out of the park. Right. Let's get this knocked out. Let's get this out of the way. The only time you're ever going to introduce a co-signer, also known as a non-occupying co-borrower, when credit is, is a determining factor, is let's say you have no credit score. Zero. Like literally, John, I tried to pull your credit and it's a ghost. Nothing. And a lot of times that happens because maybe you're an immigrant to the country. You legally immigrated and you have your social security and you're, you have your visa, you have your green card, but you just haven't had an opportunity to establish credit. Mm-hmm. You know, you maybe have been renting for the past two years and you can verify that you've been renting. You've been paying your rent on time. You have utilities in your name, cell phone in your name, cable bill, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you still don't have a credit score. But you have a family member who maybe they've been in the country a little bit longer than you and they have an established credit score. It is very possible for a mortgage lender to be able to take a no credit score mm. with a credit score, run that file through automated underwriting and obtain an approval. Okay. Okay. But that's someone who has no credit. I'm talking about if you have bad credit. Mm, no go. No, it's a no go. We're going to qualify off the lower of the two. And if the lowest is yours. Although you have a great job and you have money in the bank, if you have a bad credit score and it doesn't meet the, the, the threshold, let's say it's, again, you're a 580 and 620 is the minimum that's needed, then it doesn't matter who cosigns for you, hmm. right? That, that's, that's not going to matter. Where a non-occupying co-borrower benefits, and this is like 90% of the time, is when we have someone who's trying to buy a house, utilize financing in order to qualify, and their debt-to-income ratio is too high hmm. for whatever reason. Right? Maybe your debt-to-income ratio is too high because after you file your tax returns and you and your accountant go through your preferred accounting methods and you write off certain expenses, 
it has lowered your taxable income, which then lowers your qualifying income. Hmm. Maybe you have a side job that for whatever reason, we can't use that income. Usually that for whatever reason is you haven't been doing that side job enough right. or long enough. Mm-hmm. We're like, man, I've been doing this side gig for the past nine months and every single month I'm making three grand. That's how I was able to save mm-hmm. $25,000 so quickly for this home purchase is because of this side hustle. It's amazing. And it's, it's only going to get better. Well, unfortunately, if I don't have two years history of you working a mm-hmm. full-time gig and the side hustle, I can't use that, that money. Right. So, okay, you have good credit. You have normal debts, but you needed that $3,000 side hustle money to qualify, but you now don't qualify. Let's talk about introducing a non-occupying co-borrower. Now, certain loan programs are going to require that person's a family member. Certain loan programs, it's not going to matter that they're a family member, right? Like that's check with your loan officer. Make sure your loan officer does he or she's due diligence. Mm -hmm. There are certain loan programs where they're not going to allow for a non-occupying co-borrower. My veterans out there, my active duty military folk. You can't do a call. No. Well, okay, someone's going to tell me technically you can. Right. Okay, technically you probably can, but then it's going to require a much larger down payment than you were ever thinking Planning about. Planning to have, yeah. Plan to have, at which point it's going to blow up your transaction. Gotcha. So technically a VA loan is for veteran or veteran and spouse, period, end of story. Gotcha. And I don't even know off the top of my head, I should know this. I should probably... I should probably have a VA home loan expert on this show, like a okay. Dawn Hoffman, okay. who's a top producer. I've known Dawn for almost 10 years now. Okay. And maybe I can get Dawn to do a show with us where we just talk about the ins and outs of, of, of VA. That'd be dope. Um, but just know that not all loan programs would allow for a non-occupying co-borrower. Just, mm-hmm. just FYI. Right. But why you would introduce a non-occupying co-borrower is going to be because of income reasons or debt income ratio restrictions that mm-hmm. kind of go hand in hand. You've heard many times on the show, John, I'll talk about like the number one factor to me on whether or not you qualify is your debt income ratio. Right. Like it doesn't matter if you make a million dollars a year. It doesn't matter if you have a million bucks in the bank. If your DTI is out of line, your DTI is out of line, mm-hmm. right? You can make a million dollars a year, which is like $83,333 a month. But if you already have $50,000 a month in expenses, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe you have some like Kelly Clarkson style, alimony and child support yeah did you see what her ex-husband's getting racks yes homeboy's getting paid Damn, I messed up. yes i'd be her ex-husband for like a third of that money <laughs> yeah and i'd be a better dad to the kids damn it yeah missed out on that boat there you go i still love you michelle right. um totally off, off off on a on a tangent there um but no, but if, if you have a high DTI, then you're going to want to introduce someone. Right. So then we start asking ourselves, well, what type of person right. do we want to introduce? So if we're introducing them because you as the buyer or your client as the buyer mm-hmm. has not enough provable income or they have too high of a debt to income ratio, then obviously I'm looking for someone who has provable income. Right, right. Like that's it. Provable income and low debts mm-hmm. because when you're a non-occupying co-borrower john you have a housing payment well, i do yeah and you may be like oh no do i have my home paid off no my home is paid off okay do you not have real estate taxes oh snap you're do right. you not have homeowners association dues yeah do you not have homeowners insurance on your property oh yeah i forgot about those okay things. well then that there's an expense mm-hmm. now it's not a two thousand dollar a month expense mm-hmm. But if your taxes are three grand a year and your insurance is eighteen hundred dollars a year, there's four hundred dollars. If you pay a hundred bucks a month in HOA dues, there's six hundred dollars, right? So mm-hmm. like, you you very quickly have some kind of a housing payment. So let's say if you're not John Junior, but you're John Senior, mm-hmm. and 
you have your house paid off mm -hmm. and you have, you know, money in the bank, but your only income is your social security at 900 bucks a month. You're not going to qualify. You're not going to bring any value mm -hmm. as a non-occupying co-borrower. Hmm. Right. You're like, it's cool that you have money in the bank and it's cool that you have this 800 credit score and it's cool that you own your house free and clear, but, you don't make but if your only income is social security and it's 900 bucks a month and just your taxes, your insurance and your HOA dues are 500, yeah, your you. DTI by itself is already over yeah. 50%. Mm. So I'm looking for, or the consumer is looking for a non-occupying co-borrower that has equal to better credit than the borrower mm -hmm. or the buyer. They have low debt and high proof of income. Are there any, are there any risks to the like the co borrower signing like yes yes what kind of what can happen if, what can go if you buy a house and I'm your non occupying co borrower and you don't miss a payment that wrecks my credit I now have a delinquent payment on my credit report what? yes I'm vouching for you damn yeah if you don't make the payments right then mm. I, I I've acknowledged that mortgage and now they're going to foreclose on your property. It's going to ding me. Yes, I'm going to have foreclosure in my name, and I'm not an attorney, so you would want to reach out to an attorney. Mm -hmm. If you need a good attorney, I know a few here in Central Florida. I don't know any outside of Central Florida. Thank goodness for me. But if you if if you co-sign for someone who went into foreclosure, there's a chance you could have a deficiency judgment against you. Damn. Yeah, so, so there's definitely some risk that goes along with it. So if someone's going to ask you to be your non-occupying co-borrower, you, you you better you better know them. Mm. You better trust them. Mm. Right? They, they they better have a good reason to to go to you. Are there oh, sorry, are there any benefits if you were doing a co-borrower other than like, you know, watching a loved one get into a home or et cetera? Like you get any No. No, nothing right. No. Now, some people might be like, "Oh my god, I, I don't know if I want to be a non-occupying co-borrower because if I when I buy a house on my own, is this going to jeopardize me being able to qualify? Mm. Maybe, maybe not though. Because if the person that you co-signed for, for lack of a better word, if they made 12 on-time payments and they always made the payments out of their checking account that was just in their name and you were attached to it, mm. there's a really good chance that when you go to apply for your own financing, as long as you can prove to your lender that yes, I know that that mortgage shows up in my name, but I don't make the payments. In fact, I have proof that the past 12 months have been paid by my sister. Mm -hmm. Then very well, most loan programs and most loan products are going to allow you to omit that debt from you who's trying to buy and finance a new home. Gotcha. Or hopefully you may disqualify. Hmm. You may just qualify carrying your sister's mortgage plus your own mortgage. Okay. Especially if you're high income, low, low debt. Like an example I always use is um, I helped family members back in the day. Right? So um, we had... This one person, and we'll call her Ann. Okay. And Ann had just left her job that paid her $100,000 a year, and she started her own company. Okay. Everyone was super proud of Ann. Like, high five, you go, girl. Like, right. you're going to do this. Unfortunately, Ann didn't realize that when she left her job that was salaried in W-2 to hundred grand a year to start her own business, that any mortgage underwriter is going to require two years of business and personal tax returns in order to qualify for a mortgage. <gasps> so now her income is zero. It didn't matter that she made a hundred grand last year and the year before and the year before and the year before she quit that job. That guaranteed income is now zero. And all Anne has is this great idea, these, this great following and these contacts that she hopes she's going to build into a, a, a corporation that will pay her 
a hundred grand times three, mm -hmm. but we're not going to do a loan for her until she proves that she's actually done it. Damn. Crap. And Anne's pretty normal. You know, she has her good credit score, 680, 720, somewhere in that ballpark range. And she has a couple hundred bucks a month in student loans and a couple hundred bucks a month in credit cards and a car payment at 400 bucks a month. But her income is zero. Now, Anne's dad, he's nearing retirement. So someone nearing retirement, they're late 50s, early 60s, maybe late 60s in mm -hmm. today's day and age. People are living longer, healthier lives. Mm -hmm. And he has his house paid off. But, you know, like John Sr., he still has 500 bucks a month in taxes, insurance, mm -hmm. and HOA dues. But this dude, I mean, he makes 120 grand a year. So he makes $10,000 a month. Mm. His debts are literally $600. Damn. No car payment, no credit cards. No alimony, no child support, oh, yeah. and has an 800 credit score. So his credit score is better than or equal to Ann's, yep. which it was better than. His income, very provable, yep. has been on, on the same job for 30 years. He's a union guy. There you go. Makes $120,000 a year. I know that because I have pay stubs, W-2s, and tax returns that prove it. His income is, or his, his debt is next to nothing. So when you're having a non-occupying co-borrower, here's what we're going to do. We're going to treat Ann and her dad the same way we would Anne and, and her spouse. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's Anne's income? Zero. What's dad's income? 10. Mm -hmm. Okay. Zero plus 10 is $10,000. So the income is 10,000. What's Anne's debt? 1200 bucks a month. What's dad's debt? 600 bucks. Yeah. And it's not even really debt, but it's his housing right. expense. So we take Anne at 1400, dad at 600. Like I changed the numbers. Right, on yeah, yeah, sure. Now it's 2000. Mm -hmm. Okay. My income equals 10. My debts equal two. Still well, I know that I can probably get Ann qualified for a debt to income ratio of 45%. So 45% of 10,000. John, do you know that number? Or well, should I answer it for you? Half is 50, so I'm going to go like. What's 45% of 100? 45. 4,500. Yep, you got this. I'm a math major. You're a high five to you. <laughs> so, so yeah, so this, by the way, this is how a, a mortgage professional does their job. This is a pre-qualification, not a pre-approval, right? Because in order to pre-approve someone, I actually have to have tangible documents right. and review them. But if I'm on the phone and I'm having this conversation with Ann and her dad, I'm like, okay, look, so I have Ann's income of zero and here's why it's zero. And, you know, Ann's usually a bit upset because she's like, no, my business is going to kill it. And I know it is. Mm -hmm. But right now we don't have proof to prove that it's going to kill it. So we have to use what the, the bad guy, mm -hmm. right? The rules and regulations yeah. let me use. Right. Zero. But dad makes 10 grand a month. That's, you know, zero plus 10 is 10. 45% of 10 is 4,500. Your debts plus dad's debts equal 2,000. So when I subtract $2,000 from 4,500, it leaves me with... Two, uh, uh, you're there, 2,500. 2,500. Yep. Hey, Ann, I have good news for you. By bringing your dad in as a non-occupying co-borrower, you now qualify for a maximum payment of 2,500. And Ann's like, well, first, Whoa. that's way too much. Yeah, I didn't sign I'm that. only looking to go up to like $1,800, $1,900 max. All right, perfect. Hey, Ann, good news, bad news. Bad news is because you recently quit your job, you will not qualify on your own. Good news is if dad's really cool with it, if dad comes in as a non-occupying co-borrower, you're going to qualify for more home than you want to afford. Word. Yeah, and that's that's where we see a non-occupying co-borrower really work. Mm -hmm. Now let's look at it as a 20-year-old going off to college. First year was in the dorm. Mm. Second year was in the sorority house. Mm. Third year? Mom, mm. I think it's time I move off campus. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully mom and dad were fiscally responsible and 
They taught daughter maybe at age 18. They made her an authorized user on their card. They mm. helped daughter go get a couple starter credit cards, maybe even got a car loan and put her name on it. So she has a credit score. Okay. But her only income is like, you know, a little bit of money she gets by tutoring kids at the local, you know, tutoring place at $11 an hour. And she's only doing that 15 hours a week. But maybe she could qualify for a 3% down loan, Mm -hmm. buying a home as her primary residence. So she can live in this home for the next two years while she finishes out her college Mm -hmm. experience. Ooh, well, maybe she buys the house. She's the borrower. Mom and dad come in as a non-occupying co-borrower. That's very doable. Now, there are other loan products that would allow the mom and dad just to buy the home altogether. Mm Mm-hmm. Right now, but they would maybe require mom and dad to put 10% down to buy as a second right. home or 20% down to buy the home as an investment property where maybe if, you know, their daughter mm-hmm. has a usable credit score, then daughter can buy the home as long as she's a legal adult, have mom and dad as the non-occupying co-borrower. What happens if someone uses a non-occupying co-borrower and the, the bar, co-borrower actually lives there? Is that a thing or is that just called marriage? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, is, is, like, is there like a loophole somewhere? No, no if that's no. the case, you'd just be a joint a joint application. Jo- okay. Yeah. The, it, now it's just a co-borrower. Now it's okay. Got yeah, it. borrower and co-borrower. Okay. Yeah. What's the difference between co- borrower, co-borrower, and non-occupying co-borrower then? Well, a co-borrower means you're going to live there. Ah, okay. That's what Non-occupying I mean, is just yeah, that. Hey, I'm not going to occupy this home. Gotcha. Yeah, like like Ann's dad was not going to be ever living in that home. Right. So he could not be on the co-borrower. Right. right? And that would be fraudulent, by the way. Right. Right. And there's, yeah, there's definitely some loan products that do not allow for a non occupying co borrower. Mm. Um, like, just like certain loan products, you, you don't, you can't do gift funds. Right. Like, I can't buy an investment property and get a gift from my parents for the down payment. It's not uh, allowed. Okay. If I'm buying an investment property, that loan's going to be in my name. I have to prove that those are my assets. Gotcha. Yep. So there's, you know, there's definitely some rules and regulations. And that's why I'm always like, look, you got to make sure you're working with a local, right. professional, experienced loan originator. Preferably one that has local processing and underwriting, and they have a direct line to maybe a, a scenario desk mm-hmm. so that when these quirks come up, they can get them answered correctly. And you as a consumer, if you're a consumer listening, you as a consumer can get the right answer quickly. Right versus the wrong answer <laughs> late in the process. Right. That's how we end up with, with loan denials. When do people usually bring in on a co-bar? Is there something like uh, uh, in the beginning or like after you guys run the numbers and like, hey, you might need to bring some? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a great question. Always look to apply by yourself, right? Like whether it's you and spouse or or you and significant other mm-hmm. or how it could be just you and your college best friend. Right. Like what if what if me and my college best friend who also was my high school best friend and my middle school best friend, what if he and I at 23 – Wanted to buy a house together. Mm. We could. There's nothing that prevents us from doing it. Same thing. Where I had, as long as he has a qualifying credit score and I have a qualifying credit score, we're going to go off the lower of the two. We take his debts. We take my debts. We take his income and my income. Add it all together. He and I could buy a house together. Like That's very doable. Mm. Um, we would be borrower and co-borrower. Yes. We would not be non-oc because we're both going to occupy the property. right? Because right? maybe he and I went super crazy and bought a duplex together. Mm. Maybe he lives in one half, I live in one half. Maybe mm. we bought a duplex together, I live in one bedroom, he lives in the other bedroom, and we rent out the other right, half. Yeah. Right? Like there's, you know, all sorts of things you can do. You don't have to necessarily buy a house with your spouse or your significant other. Um, but you normally would start by applying however you're going to apply. And then when you realize, oh, crap, I'm not going to qualify. 
you're normally not going to qualify because you don't show enough income or the income you show isn't sufficient due to your debts. That's a debt income ratio issue. Mm. So you want to add in a non-occupying co-borrower, AKA a co-signer, but the person you want to bring in has needs to have equal to better credit than you. They could potentially have worse credit. Like theoretically, if I had a 780 and my, my non-occupying co-borrower had a 680, they're still going to benefit me. Mm -hmm. Just know that 680 credit score is going to drag down the interest rate that I would have qualified on my own. But I wasn't qualifying on my <laughs> yeah, own, so, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Yeah, right, right. You know, but I'm going to bring them in when someone tells me, hey, D.O., good news, bad news. Mm -hmm. By the way, as an originator, I love good news, bad news. Mm -hmm. Hey, John, good news, bad news. Good news is that you qualify for a mortgage. Bad news is it's nowhere close to what you were looking for. When you and I first talked, you were trying to buy a $300,000 house. You wanted to put your 3% down. Based on where I'm estimating payments to be, your maximum payment that you qualify for based on your debt to income ratio is about $1,200 a month. And in order for you to buy a home and have your payment at $1,200 a month, you're either going to need to put about $150,000 down mm. on that $300,000 home, yeah. or you need to look for a $150,000 house. And you're like, well, I'm doing neither of those. Yeah. Usually it's not a fun phone call to have. People get very frustrated. Right. They want to kill the messenger. Well, I'm like, look, don't kill the messenger. That's why I remind them. I'm a 100% commission salesperson. I only get paid when you close a loan. I only get a raise when you tell your friends, family, coworkers, and neighbors how great of a job I did for you. Yeah. So Believe I me. really want yeah. to do a great job for you so I can A, get paid, and B, so you can refer me to other people. Right. But right now, as your advisor, as a consultant, as an expert, this is what I'm letting you know. But here's a thought. I don't know if you have this. And by the way, this is exactly how I say this. I don't know if you have this because not everyone has this luxury in life. You may and you may not, but I'm going to throw it out there. If you have someone who is willing to co-sign for you, we could look at adding their income to your income, their debts to your debts. Mm -hmm. And as long as their credit is in line, we could then look at qualifying as, as long as they're fine being a non-occupying co-borrower. Oh, okay. What you would also call a co-signer. Right. And then a very typical question that we get on this topic is, well, then how do they get off the loan? Well, John, mm -hmm. it is very possible once your situation has improved, maybe you've paid down some of those debts, maybe you've gotten a raise at work, oh, right. maybe that that um, side hustle money that we couldn't use, we now can use. Mm -hmm. Once your situation improves, we can look at doing a refinance where, where we qualify the new loan just in your name and we refinance them off of the loan. Oh. Just keep in mind right now, interest rates are at an all-time low. Right. So there's a good chance in two years or three years or however many months it's going to take for you to better your situation, there's a good chance rates may tick up, but they may be a small price for you to pay in order to get your non-OC off. Because look, once they sign, they are going to be obligated to to make sure payments are made right, and made on right. time on this particular loan. Say I'm a dad or a grandfather and I have like 10 kids. Is there a limit to how many, like, can I be like a non-occupying co-borrower, yep. like 50 homes if I so qualify? Not 50, but you know, like yeah. seven, I say five. Five homes. Yeah, but you just have to keep in mind that every time you do that, it's gonna put a dent in your. No, what well, you're thinking a dent in your credit score. I'm less worried about that. I'm thinking when when you go to to be a non-occupant co-borrower, for me, you now have my mortgage on your credit. When you do it for my sister, you have her mortgage on your credit. When you do it for for my brother, you have our you credit. now have. So then you and your loan officer are gonna have to work through, John Senior, mm -hmm. Daddy to seven, right. Can you prove that you no longer, that you don't make the payments on my mortgage because maybe you did this for me three years ago mm -hmm. and I have the past 12 months a canceled check showing that I make the payment? And then is your lender going to be able to omit that debt from you? Then can you do the same with my sister, the same with my brother? Mm -hmm. Theoretically, it could be done. 
because theoretically, if you could prove that you're not the one making the payments, that debt is not being added. Or maybe, maybe you're John Coleman of John Coleman Chevrolet mm -hmm. and you have three car dealerships and you make 900 grand a year. So at 900 grand a year, that's $75,000 a month gross. Exactly. At which point you can carry yeah. all those mortgage payments, mm. right? If each of your kids had a $2,000 a month mortgage payment, it's only $14,000, mm. right? 45% of $75,000 is way greater right. than 14,000. Okay. Yeah. So yes, it is possible. Okay. Yep. I'm curious. How does that do? Like, how does that sit? If you're a listener tuned in right now, whether again, you're, you're someone who's younger in life looking to purchase your first home, but you're afraid you won't qualify on your own. This episode is for you. If you are in a, a parent with adult children, you want to get those little get bastards out, out of house. your house. Are, are you willing to put your money where your mouth is? Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. If you're a realtor who sells real estate for a living, if you're a mortgage professional, I hope that this brought value to your day that this was worth the 30 plus minutes that you just spent listening to me and John talk. Yeah. If you like what we're doing, do us a favor, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, check us out on TikTok, follow us on LinkedIn. We are at the Lone Officer Podcast. Yep. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Use that forum as a way to comment. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Yep. Let us know what you want more of. Yep. Um, once you do that, hop over to Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, and anywhere else where you catch podcasts. Make sure you're liking what we do. You're giving us five-star reviews, and you're sharing it. Word. If there's something you want to hear more of or you need clarification, LinkedIn is a phenomenal way to get a hold of me. I am Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. Word. But for today, this is all the time we have for today's episode. We'll catch you on the next episode. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. We're out. Peace. Peace.